No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God's sovereignty is demonstrated in creation, in history, and in our own lives. Therefore, we always have hope in His mercy. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. When times are stressful, when great storms come, the need to look beyond our circumstances to the God of heaven increases. Praise is the portal to God's heaven. There, we find God, sovereign and holy, conducting the affairs of life with eternal precision. And we must bow our heads in worship of the one who is supreme over all. It is in this spirit that Psalm 33 is written. Among many psalms credited to David, this one is anonymous. Psalm 33, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. So here's the call to rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous. You know, we who have been made righteous by our faith in Jesus have every reason to rejoice. And that is what we were made for. You know, when you're in a right relationship with God, when you know your sins have been forgiven, when you know you have a relationship with him, you know you're going to heaven, you know your eternal address has been changed, you have every reason to rejoice. And we of all people ought to be rejoicing and bringing forth praise from a heart of gladness. So the psalmist says, praise the Lord with harp, make melody to him with an instrument of 10 strings, whether you use a a guitar or a trumpet or drums or, or just your own voice. That is the greatest instrument, probably, because we can actually mouth the words of praise. But sing to him a new song. And the idea here is that whether it's an old hymn, perhaps, that's new to us, and we're able to sing it in a new and fresh way because it means something new to us, or whether it's a new song entirely. I think some people are just, they're so hung up on the old hymns that they can't learn new songs, and they can't express the new song of a new generation. But we ought to be able to sing a new song and make it our own, whether it's a new song (laughs) that's just been written or whether it's just our new discovery of an old song. Uh, But the idea here is to sing it as unto the Lord. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. This ought to be a mandate for every worship leader, right, in their worship team. Uh, Because I, I don't know about you, but when I hear a song performed not well when somebody's out of tune or they're not playing in, in meter right or whatever that's very distracting to me. So it's it's certainly a reason if you're a worship leader and you've got a worship team, play skillfully, okay? Work at it. Prepare yourself. Verse four, for the word of the Lord is right and all the work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. So 
the psalmist now looks at God's sovereignty in all creation. But first he says, the word of the Lord is right. I love that. I love the fact that it settles all arguments. You know, you think about the way arguments occur, and it's because one person thinks they're right and the other person thinks they're right, and they can't both be right, but they both think they are right. And so who is right and who is wrong? Well, the word of the Lord is the settler of arguments because God is always right and his word is right and it's the standard of righteousness. Everything he does is in truth. Why is it that lying is so bad? It's because God is a God of truth. Everything he does is truth. He loves righteousness and justice. So when people are simply doing the right thing, they're doing that which is just, God takes notice because that's his heart. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. You look at creation. I love getting out under the stars or in the mountains or on the ocean or whatever, where you just see creation the way God made it. You know, after he made it, after the six days of creation, he looked at everything he made and he said, it is very good. And so you see the goodness of God reflected in the things that he has made. But the power of the Lord in creation, it says, verse six, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and the host of them, that is all the stars, the planets, the quasars, the black holes, by the breath of his mouth. Of course, we are told in Genesis that he said, light be, and light was. He just said it, and he created everything we can see. That's the amazing power of God and the amazing power of his word. Verse seven, he gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. The fact that he tells those proud waves, you stop here, you know, otherwise we'd all be swallowed up in a tsunami or something. He lays up the deep in storehouses. So we consider all of the subterranean waters that provide the water for springs and wells. You know, why does God do that? He scatters it throughout all the earth. It's so everybody can have access to life-giving water. And yet all of this is simply a manifestation of the fact that he cares for humanity. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Truly, he is worthy of us standing in awe of him as we consider his creation and all that he has done. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Verse 10, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. Okay, so now the psalmist applies God's sovereignty over the affairs of men. And you think about all of the counsel of the nations. We have the United Nations, and they all get together. They decide what they think is going to be uh, best. We have the World Health Organization. We have uh, the war room in various wars. We think of the Third Reich during World War II and their council as they had war council and all of these counselors that come trying to plan what they're going to do. And yet God brings their counsel to nothing. What can man do in the face of almighty God when God determines what he's going to do? It's going to be of no effect against the will of God. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. You know, Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words 
shall never pass away. May I just tell you that this is one of the reasons I love to study the Word of God, because you look at the way things change in a culture, the way one political party comes into power, and then they undo what the previous party did, and and things are constantly changing in our culture. What is permissible, what's politically correct, what's not, all of these things constantly changing, but the Word of the Lord stands forever. God is immutable, His standards don't change. His morals don't change. His word does not change. It's eternal. And it's so wonderful to have something that you can just stand upon, like the rock of Gibraltar, you know. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. So if we reject God, if we reject his word and his commandments, we do so to our own peril and demise. But if we trust in the Lord, if we keep his commandments, then we are a nation that is blessed. The nation who calls the Lord, Yahweh, their God, is blessed. The people he has chosen as his own inheritance. That's amazing, isn't it? You think about an an inheritance. Maybe you received one from your parents, or maybe you're laying one up for your kids. But who is the Lord's inheritance? We are. We're the Lord's inheritance. His people. He delights in us and he inherits us. He looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. I just think of the Lord sort of looking out like the penthouse window down at the people below. You know, my wife and I had the opportunity on our anniversary to get a hotel room downtown Boise with a balcony, and we just enjoyed looking down at the people below. We saw a woman walking her dog or whatever, but you know, you think about God as just taking it all in. He's watching all the people of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually and considers all their works. Now, it's an amazing thing how we are all so different. We have a different temperament, personality, different talents. God has fashioned our hearts, and he considers what it is that we do. No king is saved by the multitude of an army A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. You think about the way man puts his trust in his military might and his power. I think of the story of Sennacherib, the Assyrian king, who came against Judah when Hezekiah was king and threatened to just wipe him out. And, uh, and Hezekiah called upon the Lord, and Isaiah the prophet said, don't worry about this guy, Hezekiah, God's got him, he's going to take care of him. And one angel of the Lord killed 185,000 of the Assyrian soldiers in one night. And so you see what God can do. And therefore, it, a king is not saved by their military might. Of course, in that day, the chariot and horse was considered the great military strength that was like a tank, you know. But that didn't matter. You could have all those, and yet if God was against you, you are toast. And if God is on your side, you're going to be okay. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. Those who hope in his mercy. And so, you know, we need to fear God. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. And we need to put our hope in his mercy. There's a lot of hopeless people right now, a lot of discouraged people. They think that things are going to be like this forever. They're not going to be like this forever. It's a storm that passes through. Our hope is in the mercy of the Lord. He's a merciful God. He delights in mercy. He delights to show mercy to those people who are brokenhearted, to those who humble themselves before him. 
he delights to show his mercy. He delivers their soul from death to keep them alive in famine. You know, death is the separation of the spirit from the body, but there is a spiritual death that separates us from God or separates us from people. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. And so God does deliver the soul from death, and he keeps those alive, even in famine. You think of famine as being just the deprivation of those things that you need, and yet God sustains us through it all. And that's why I say, you know, our hope right now needs to be in the Lord, even if you haven't been able to work or you don't know how you're going to you know, pay your rent or whatever because you haven't been able to work, you know what? You look to the Lord, you pray. He's the one who will sustain you through the famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. I love that. He's your helper. He's your defense. He's your shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him. Listen, you can't rejoice in circumstances for very long. You can't rejoice in your wealth. It may come or it may go. It may get wings and fly away, you know, but you can rejoice in the Lord always. And he's always there. He's always sitting on his throne of grace and he's for us. He's not against us. If we're trusting in Christ, we are accepted in the beloved. Our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. So this psalm begins with an exhortation to rejoice in the Lord. It ends saying that we shall rejoice in him. And why? Because God's mercy is upon us. We can count on it. He's a merciful God and he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of us placing our hope totally in him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where David determines to bless the Lord at all times, for God delivers him from all his fears. How appropriate this is for the days in which we are living. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.